My guest today is a psychiatrist, and I'm really excited about being able to talk about something that it is something that is an epidemic and something that sometimes doesn't always get talked about. And, and that is uh, we're going to be talking about loneliness and how the U.S. Surgeon General has declared loneliness as, as an epidemic. And that's so true, especially now that uh, we went through COVID. We're going to be talking about depression and suicide as well and how that is also an epidemic and and in particular about a population that I think we don't talk about enough, and that's the geriatric population. And so I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Just know that we are going to be talking about some hard subjects, and uh, if this is something that you're able to, I do believe you're going to really, really enjoy this conversation. If you're not able to right now, that's fine. You can pause or go to a different episode. I understand that because I want to make sure that you're feeling okay to be able to listen to this. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to this coming right up. All right, friends, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited. As I mentioned, I have a, uh, a psychiatrist with me today. His name is Dr. Arpan Wagre. Now, we worked on this. I don't know if I, I <laughs> pronounced that enough. We worked on this. Uh, but I really want to uh, welcome you to the show. And I know you're a, a geriatric psychiatrist. You're the CEO of Providence Wellbeing and Trust as well. Love to learn more about that. Uh, I would really love to start with. Let's tell us a little bit about yourself. Who who were you? Who you're? You're a psychiatrist, so we know that. But tell us a little bit about your backstory and how did you get to be to where you're at today? Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, John. I'm really excited to be a part of this conversation, and I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast. And I think you you um, make it so real, and I, I so appreciate that. Um, so, I, as you mentioned, I'm a geriatric psychiatrist by training. I come from a family of several generations of uh, physicians, and um, but was among the few that actually chose psychiatry as a profession. And, uh, and you know, for those who might be aware of, you know, how the stigma is prevalent, not only among the patients, but even among the providers in the community. Mm. I mean, psychiatry was not generally uh, seen as a, as a real medical discipline. And so I did meet with some uh, resistance when I started, but was, was truly drawn towards this field uh, for a few reasons. And one was, um, which has continued to evolve for me, it, it, that this is really about uh, social justice. Uh, you know, people with serious mental illnesses end up dying on an average of 10 to 15 years earlier than others, uh, and and due to mostly avoidable medical causes, treatable medical causes. So there, there are such structural inequities that this became even more important for me. Uh, but um, so, so my, and my journey, so after psychiatry, I, I, have, I work for one of the largest health systems in the country, Providence. We're predominantly in the Western part of the United States. So we have 52 hospitals across 
across uh, seven states and serve uh, seven million individuals here. Uh, and when there was a merger, this health system, uh, two systems coming together, their Catholic health systems, they uh, the sponsors, the sisters of of the the these these uh, two health systems, made a commitment to say that we will come together only if it is accompanying advancing an important social cause. Mm. And they determined that cause to be advancing the social, mental, and spiritual health of the nation. And and they gave us a $100 million endowment to form what has become Wellbeing Trust. So I have the great privilege of leading the trust and focusing a lot on um, Works work on the front lines with with people who are giving care and with the patients and families to really think about innovative, transformative ways to do things and bring you know the greatest needs of the community. So so that's that's kind of what we do and what we do at the trust. We bring access. Our goal is to bring access to mental health support and services to a million people uh, over the next three years. Well, that is fantastic. That is really amazing. And, you know, we, we need more organizations like that to bring awareness and access uh, to help people who are struggling with the very legitimate mental health issues. And, and you and I both know as providers that access is not something that's easy for everybody. And there is that stigma of mental uh, illness as well. And you mentioned that there's even a stigma with among providers and doctors and things. And, and that's a that's a real problem in our country because we have to address the very real issue of mental illness, but also to realize that we need to normalize it. That's one of the reasons why I have my podcast. And I want to normalize that, you know, you're struggling with a mental health issue, whether it's depression or anxiety or maybe even schizophrenia or some other mental illness. I want to be able to first let you know that your feelings are valid, but also to let you know that you're not alone. And we, we've got to be able to bring this to the forefront. And uh, I'm, I'm a, considered a privilege to be able to do that through my podcast. So I'm, I'm honored for someone like you and in, in, in being a doctor and a psychiatrist. And, and this is what you do. And this is your calling. And I'm honored that you're able to come on the show. No, thanks, John. And uh, you said it beautifully. I mean, that's at the heart of it. We start, this is the most foundational step. We normalize help-seeking behavior, and then we can do the other things that build upon it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, let's get into this. Let's talk about, let's, first of all, uh, it wasn't that long ago that the U.S. Surgeon General talked about and, and declared that loneliness is an epidemic. And I want to talk about that because I think it's so true and it's not talked about as much because there might be a stigma among that, you know, with the different populations, the geriatric population, the elderly who are very lonely, those that are in nursing homes um, that, that don't have a lot of social connection. Uh, but there's also the younger generations. And, you know, I just talked to, a, I had a client earlier today and, and he's a, he's a Gen Z and he has been the most lonely as he's ever been. And so sometimes being lonely, doesn't matter how old you are or what age you are. It is, it is a epidemic. And I'm, I'm really glad that the U S Surgeon General brought that out because we we're on the back end of, of COVID hopefully. Right. And that talk about world isolation. 
and being isolated brings about loneliness. But there were people who are struggling with loneliness way before the pandemic. Yeah. And so to tell me, t- tell me a little bit about what you're seeing in your practice when it comes to loneliness. Yeah, you know, I, I really love the way you frame that because when people talk about loneliness, I mean, first of all, this is not a new problem. It predated a lot of what we were doing as society. We have become somewhat more disconnected. And and even if we do have relationships, the meaningful, the rich social connections have unfortunately been depleting. But you are so right because when we think about loneliness, we, we end up thinking about somebody living in an in an assisted living facility or, or kind of being by themselves. And yes, that's an important population we need to focus on. But it is many, many more. I mean, people who have, you know, children describing really children describing feeling lonely. And and this is despite being on social media all the time and having like 100,000 friends or whatever it is, but no real deep meaning uh, social connections. And that is such an important part. You know, uh, John, I was reminded as you were starting to talk about this topic um, of, a, of, a, of a South African concept, and it's called Ubuntu. Um, and Ubuntu is a, essentially um, a concept that says, uh, translates into I am because you are, mm. and gets at the heart of us as human beings being connected with each other in ways that might be invisible to the eye, but we can only grow and thrive with those connections. And that social connection is such an integral part of who we are. And and I think you, you pointed out, you know, the Surgeon General's report, and there's this is not just a touchy-feely topic. This is real. Um, there's ample, ample data now to demonstrate what the health impacts of loneliness can be, you know, comparing it to so many other uh, conditions. And it's, it's, it's real, it's serious. And it's something that we must really collectively pay attention to. It's I totally agree. Relationships. Yeah. 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 Quality of relationships. You said that really perfectly where uh, we're, we're on social media all the time. We're plugged in, we're connected and, and uh, you might have a ton of friends digitally, but you may not have a lot of friends deep that deep social connection and that's the issue and sometimes that when someone is so lonely and so um feeling like their life is you know what's the meaning what's the purpose of my life and when you're missing that connection with another human being not just online but another human being you start to wonder and question about your own humanity and why am i here and you know what what's the meaning of my life and 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 I know we're we're going to be talking about how a lot of times the loneliness and feeling that depth of loneliness just completely silent yes. right in your own head and and how that then can lead to my life is meaningless i have no hope i and i don't have that connection with another human being so why am i living and there's a huge connection between loneliness and the suicides that we see. Do you see that as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so when you think about, um, you know, even getting to that point where, so first there's feeling lonely and then the impact that that has, you might become more withdrawn. You might not be caring for yourself. You might not be doing things that you previously enjoyed. And then it has this 
bi-directional relationship, it kind of pushes you down and where you could go into more of a, of a depression. And, and you're now clinically getting to a place where that might need attention. It's affecting your sleep, your appetite. There's so many things that can happen with that. But, but you also called out something really important there. So if we don't pay attention to this and we don't support people and you continue down that path, you could get to a place where you start feeling trapped. You feel like you're in this place where there is no hope. There is no, um, you know, the, you, there's no meaningful way out. And that's when people start thinking about ending their life by suicide as the only solution to their their anguish and pain. And I think they're also connected. But just having another human being, somebody you can talk to, you can connect with, can be the difference between life and death and can give you that hope when you need it the most. You're absolutely right. And and sometimes we don't even know how powerful a presence of another human being can be. And, uh, you know, if, if you are listening to this and you're maybe you're lonely or, or maybe you work from home and you don't have a lot of connection with people or maybe, you know, somebody, maybe it's a, a family member or maybe it's a friend and they've told you that they're lonely. And that's a good indicator that if they if someone has said that they're lonely, then they're really struggling. And so be thinking about what you can do have that there's power of presence you may not know what to say but just being together and just say you know what i'm coming over or let's go get some coffee or let's connect and and it's it's not always about knowing the exact words to say it's just about being present and yeah. so uh, tell me a little bit more about what you would say and encourage someone else that may be listening to this and and they're resonating with what we're talking about. They're lonely or they know someone who is lonely. I think you, you captured the essence of, of everything I was thinking of. And just, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to have the right thing to say. You don't have to know everything. You just want to bring your whole self to that situation. Just be there. Be present with another human being. That is powerful. Mm. It is so powerful that, you know, you might not, understand or acknowledge that in that moment, but just being there for someone, being genuinely present is is critical. So I would say you know, that that's one basic thing and it do, doesn't have to be perfect. So, so let go of some of those uh, expectations, just be there. The other thing is, you know, we, we interact with so many people you know, walking to a grocery store or what have you. And, um, you know, we might maintain, we might keep have make a little eye contact you know some small acts of kindness can mm. go a long way I love you it. don't know what anyone is dealing with like people have all kinds of things that might be going on and and that might sometimes translate into them you know wanting to cut the line or do something or you know you might observe something that might trigger you but my my request to to your listeners is to 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 just think about it like you know maybe there's something else happening maybe the person's going through something and can i do something to make uh make this person's day a little bit better now not only will you be able to help that person but trust me trust me you will help yourself mm -hmm. so just genuine empathy kindness being there for another human being all the things that that we've probably learned growing up from our parents grandparents and and have save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I've read about and what, uh, you know, a spiritual text, irrespective of one's religious belief, always talks to us about just be there for another person and, and genuinely be there. I love those practical tips that you mentioned because those are things that we do every day. You know, we go to the store, we go to the gas station, we go, we just go out in public and just a gesture of saying, good morning, how is your day going today? Or, you know, thank you for, for, for doing this. Or even the simplest task of opening the door for somebody else. That can mean a huge difference to them. I've, I've even had people... Uh, I've been in circumstances like that and I'll say something kind to me. It's just something, well, that's just what I do, right? It's not, I didn't go out of my way, but it, I could tell it made a huge impact and, you know, for them to say, wow, no one's ever said that, or that's the first time you just made my day. Right. And so that that's huge. And that's something that all of us can do. Even if you're lonely yourself, you can extend that help to somebody else. And you mentioned it, that it helps us. When we extend that kindness, it's reciprocal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and those practical examples that you shared, I mean, that's true. And, and I've experienced that myself too. If I'm having, you know, not so great a day and, you know, I just go there and, and somebody smiles or there's something they say, it just, you know, uh, makes you feel good. And if I'm able to do something for someone else, it fills my cup too. So I, mm. I think it's, it's so important. And that's why we, we we're you know, humans, we are social animals. I mean, we yes. connect uh, in a different way. So uh, no, thanks for, thanks for those examples. Yeah. Yeah, and and I like the example that you just mentioned fills our cup. I, I talk about that all the time as well. <laughs> we we can have things in our life that drain us or fill us. And when we're so lonely and so depressed and we're at the edge of what we feel like is uh the edge of our life, right? We can go either way. And I I talk to clients every single day and they struggle with, with these dark thoughts. And sometimes it only takes one little thing, a little drop in their bucket, right? In their cup. Yeah. And that little drop could either overflow it and they're overwhelmed or it could raise it up a little bit and they're filled. And so with the people that I talk with, I encourage them to try to find things in your life that fill you, that give you life. And it's the little things. And so if if you are a remote worker and you're working from home, if you are home caring for a child and, and you don't see an adult for a long time, or you're just struggling and you can't get out of your room and maybe, maybe you're in a nursing home. And uh, if you can look at not what you don't have, but rather what you do have and try to try to use the things that you have maybe just the little things and and maybe it's the what we talked about saying thank you and and being kind to somebody else but what would be something that you would encourage you know, you know what are some of those little things that's the filler cup 
You know, the one thing I, as you were describing that, that came to my mind, and I think you called it out as well, that I think is the single most powerful tool that I have used for my own well-being is the daily practice of gratitude. Mm. Um, I cannot emphasize the importance of that enough. And I think, you know, if all our listeners are, are you know, going to take one thing away from this conversation, that would be the one that I would, I would hope they do, that please, please take this back and try to practice gratitude every day. It's powerful. You know, when, when we were in the midst of uh, the pandemic and in our hospital system, we had admitted the very first COVID positive patient uh, in Washington state. And very quickly within a matter of, uh, of a month, we recognized the impact it was having on the well-being mental health of our own workforce. So we had to start really doing so many different things. And and among the many things we did, there were a few things that really, you know, stuck with me and they were they were powerful. So one was the practice of three good things. So, you know, what were the three good things that happened and and you know, uh what was my role in them. And so, you know, little things like that, uh creating a going home checklist and mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, like so kind of creating that separation between work and life and letting go of things and then starting that so you're present with your family and so but but the other that that's you know if i may share one example i'm, I'm thinking of um, the situation and it goes back to gratitude and and this but uh, i recall um working with one of the units the covid units where where the nursing staff were caring for all covid positive patients and this is very early when we were even struggling with personal protective equipment and and so um the the nursing team we had learned of a practice in Norway because we were all trying to learn from each other there was no playbook I mean, we were just trying to figure out what to do and we learned uh from um you know a practice in Norway where the nursing staff at the end of every shift uh talked about the one thing that they were grateful for in that shift the one thing that made them smile that that shift um and and we said you know let let's try to do that because that was a really tough day and everyone was really overwhelmed and um and it was fascinating to me there was uh one particular gentleman who was admitted who had like advanced cognitive impairment dementia and uh had covid positive it was very hard for him to follow and understand you know that he had to keep himself you know inside the room and wear a mask and he kept going out so this nurse was called probably 20 times in that shift she had to run back and kind of direct him and and anyway so she was physically and emotionally drained yet when we got to that point we were talking about the one thing that made you smile that day she mentioned one moment during that day when she was interacting with this patient and she was able to then uh, FaceTime with his nephew. Back then, nobody, visitors were not allowed into the hospital. So she was able to FaceTime. And once she did that, this gentleman who had like advanced dementia was able to recognize his grandson and he started laughing and crying. And Mm. that moment meant so much to her that everything else kind of disappeared. You know, there's a psychologist, Barbara Hendrickson, who says the, the negative screams at you but the positive only whispers but but sometimes when you have these kinds of moments they're so powerful so coming back to you know our topic at hand those moments every moment counts every interaction you have with another human being counts be kind practice gratitude and and it'll help you and others i love that what a story that that is just amazing and 
You know, as you were talking, I was thinking of uh, when my kids were little and uh, I have two children and when they were little, we would gather, my wife and I and my kids would gather around the dinner table. And one of our rituals were to talk about our highs and lows of the day. You know, they were at school and, and it's easy to, it's really easy to focus on the negatives, the lows, but sometimes it's a little harder to think about the highs, but they're there. And it's important to, to express how you're feeling, but also to acknowledge there's a lot of good in your day. Even if you're by yourself, even if you're alone, there could be good in that. And I think this bringing that out and realizing, wow, I do have things to be grateful for. And sometimes some days might be harder than others, but really try to practice that. And I love the fact that you brought that out. Oh, thanks, Jack. So we, we have a, a few more minutes here. And I, what I would love for you to be able to share a little bit. So if someone is listening to this, maybe either themselves are, are lonely and are by themselves and they're depressed, and maybe they're even contemplating suicide as an option, or maybe they have a loved one uh, that's feeling that way. What would be something that you can encourage them? Yeah. So in addition to some of what we said, um, I also want to recognize that sometimes you need professional help and, and that is important. And so one of the um, things to remember that everyone should have easy access to is a new line for support for anyone who's experiencing suicidal thoughts. And that is 988 uh, we, you know, as many might be aware, we've had 911 as an emergency response. And, and over the past year, uh, this robust service has been built. And it's not just an easy to remember phone number, but the intention behind it is to be able to build the appropriate support needed to match the needs of what an individual might be experiencing. So having a trained person on the other side is critical. So 988, that's one. Um, the other piece is just being aware of what kind of things you should probably watch out for, right? So sometimes it's it's your loved one or friend or someone you know who's talking about feeling like they're a burden on, on others. Uh, they're talking about wanting to end their life or or there's certain actions that they're doing. They're, they're describing, you know, they're, they're searching online and trying to think about ways in which they want to harm themselves, um, you know, trying to give away things. You know, one that got my attention particularly was uh, was a recent study in in northern california where where they found that actually the 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 one of the more significant predictors were people going to a vet to check their dogs in or their before they wow, ended up you know trying to harm themselves yeah. so there's like all these these signs that the more aware we are we can we can identify things and and get people help early but 988 uh is is really um you know one of the places i would start when in doubt and and you could get the support you need for yourself or a loved one to kind of guide you through this difficult, difficult journey. Well, I'm really glad that you brought that out because I know uh, last July, uh, July of uh, 2022 is when they brought out and released the, the number of 988. And I think that is a, I'm so excited about that because not only you can call it, but you can also text 
And exactly. for those exactly. for those who may yeah. not want to talk, they can just text to someone. And sometimes just talking to someone that's not a family member, that doesn't know you, that it's all completely anonymous and it's 24 seven. So it could be three o'clock in the morning yeah. and somebody is going to be there. And so Absolutely. you're not worried about waking anyone up. So I, I really love that. It's very easy and simple. Nine, eight, eight, if you're really eight. struggling. And uh, so I appreciate you bringing that out. Well, Dr. Uh, sure. Wagray, we're almost uh, to the end here. And one of the things that I really enjoy doing towards the end of the episodes is talk about self-care, right? <laughs> you mentioned some things already uh, that you do in some of your practice, but I would love to, to know one or two things that you try to do for your own self-care. Yeah. So like I mentioned, uh, the practice of gratitude is very, very big for me and, and my family. So so that's one. Um, you know, I find, uh, you know, that some structure is is really helpful for me. So I'm a very early riser. Uh, I, I wake up before 4.30 in the morning and I go and get exercise in. And that is really therapeutic for me. I do that every single day. So, you know, whatever works for you, but but routine and structure, uh, getting some physical exercise as much as you're able to, uh, practice of, of gratitude. And if you are able to, uh, try to practice uh, some mindfulness and being present in the moment. I mean, that goes a long, long way. You know, we have we're so distracted these days with so many different devices and social media and everything. So trying to think about your work and life, not in terms of work and life balance, but more in terms of work and life harmony. So when you're there, you're actually there. So whether you're at work, but when you're at, with your family, you're not picking up your phone, you're not, you know, have that no phone, no tech time and, and have a real conversation. Those are the little things that, uh, that go a long way and something that I have really uh, taken to heart. I love that. Uh, it's the little things. And I talk a lot with my clients, try to think of 1%. If you're really down and really low and, you, and sometimes it's hard to get out of bed, Try to think about a 1% rule. That's what I call it, right? And what's 1% more today than you did yesterday? Just 1%. And maybe it is getting out of bed. Maybe it is uh, uh, contacting somebody. Maybe it's answering an email. Maybe it's doing the dishes. But 1% more today than you did yesterday. And those 1%, they add up. You don't have to do everything and try to do everything because it could be overwhelming when you're feeling this way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well. I just really appreciate you coming on and, and talking to uh, myself and our listeners. And it's such an encouraging to hear your work and uh, as, a, as a psychiatrist and your passion. I can tell you're very passionate with helping people who are struggling. And it's just been a real delight talking with you. And thank you for bringing to light and bringing this out and trying to normalize loneliness and depression and suicide, because I think that is something that a lot of people will feel shame about if they struggle. And so I appreciate you coming on and sharing your tips and uh, your experience with us. And, uh, and if you're listening to this, thank you so much. Or if you're watching this, by the way, you can watch this on, on the YouTube as well, YouTube music, and you can listen or watch on YouTube. And I appreciate you continue to work on your mental health. And if you're not subscribed yet, please do so. Follow the Mental Health Today Show. You can also go to the website, check out the show notes at mentalhealthtodayshow.com. Thank you, friends. Take care. And I hope this was encouraging to you. Until next time, 
Take care of your mental health. Bye-bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.